I'm Michael Billings, and I'm in Grace Life Church here in Jimison, Alabama, and I'm so blessed to be here. And the Lord has anointed me for this service this morning. I am not taking anybody's place. I'm not better than anybody, but I am anointed to bring this word this morning. Aren't y'all glad? Amen. That he's, he's here. So I'd like for you to turn, if you would, in your Bible to Psalm chapter 89. Psalm 89. I have a word for you this morning. This word is, is, uh, is uh, I've been working on it for a long time this week. I, I ignored y'all completely through Wednesday so I could get my service out of the queue. But then Thursday morning I woke up and said, what do you have to say to Grace Life Church? And he's got you on his mind. Now, let me explain some things first this morning to you that you know, but I'm just a different voice. I'm just uh, uh, somebody else. Now, why are we here this morning? We are not here for information. If you think you can take notes and get information, go back and review them and say, well, you know, pastor said this and I learned that. But that's not why we're here. Because all of y'all are well able to study on your own. All of y'all are well able to discern the scriptures and and what we're here for is revelation. And everyone, if, you, if you'll do right, if you'll do right by the Lord, you'll come in every service and say, Lord, I need a revelation. Now, revelation is different than information because revelation is specific and it's to you and it'll work. When, when the light goes off inside of you, go, wow, I see it. When you can say, now I see it, your whole future has changed because you'll do everything in the future based on I saw it. Information, you might not change anything. You'll say, that's good. Yeah, I, I get that and all that. So uh, you're looking for revelation. So I will say something this morning by the power of the Holy Ghost or I will not say something this morning, but by the power of the Holy Ghost, you can have a word from the Lord that will change tomorrow. And see, I can't even discern it. I can't even say, well, here's your revelation. You cannot impart revelation. We can impart information. We can even impart wisdom, but we cannot impart revelation. It's personal and it's up to you. You come in here and you want to mess around and you want to just say, God, I was in church. You didn't walk out with the revelation. You miss the purpose of church. Amen. And the other thing I want to say before I get going because I got a lot to get going this morning. I just, I got three messages in me this morning and we're just, I know y'all are out there praying in the Holy Ghost saying, Lord, just one. We just want one message. <laughs> but uh, if you want to change your life, you need to change your perspective. We all do. And you need to get on the no option track. In America, we got options. We got options. We, we, didn't change. we got 16 shirts in our closets. We got four pairs of britches. We got shoes that go to the other end of the closet. I mean, not, not you men. I'm talking about another part of your life. But we got options, whether we want to buy, buy gas at this station, go to the grocery store at this place, uh, whether we want to go to the movie or what. We got options. Nothing, nothing, nothing is in concrete except to pay your bill, pay your rent. You ought to pay your rent. You ought to not take that option. Are y'all getting this? So we need to get that thing that's uh, in Corinthians. This is so powerful. This is the, the uh, this scripture is the covenant landmark for identification. And, and, the Lord, and Paul said, uh, 
said, you are not your own. You are bought with a price. I am not my own. I am bought with a price. And you know what that translates to? I don't have very many options. And when you start out and you're just getting Jesus in your life, you still got all the options. You can, you can smoke it, you can drink it, you can chase it, you can look at it, you can do everything. And the Lord just says, ah, that's okay. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't hurt anything. But as you start growing up in him, you'll notice it gets narrower. He doesn't pound you and say, if you do that again, I'm going to send you to hell. He never says that, of course. But you just have that Holy Spirit thing in you that just says, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to see that anymore. I, I don't want to do without that anymore. And you start taking options off the table. And the more you take options off, the more powerful you'll be in the kingdom and things will go well. You got an option not to come to church this morning. Sure you do. This is America. You don't have to go to church ever, 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 ever. But if you do, it'll be better. You know, they say you don't have to go to church to be a Christian, you, uh, you know, and that's true. You do not have to go to church to be a Christian, but you do have to go to church to be a strong Christian. Because that revelation thing, you go, well, I'll just get revelation at home. You never have. Because the Lord hides it in his family and that's where we get it. And you go, I got to go to church because I'm dumb as a rock and I got to go find out something. <laughs> So that's how that works. So um, I did my, did my intro. In uh, Joel 3, 9, 10 years ago, I brought this word to, uh, to y'all. In Joel 3, 9, I said this. I found it, that the scripture it says, wake up the mighty man. Yeah. Wake up the mighty man. And the word uh, wake up means to stir up. Yeah. So point to yourself and say with me, hey, you, hey. stir yourself up stir yourself. so you can look like a mighty person. A mighty person. Amen. Uh, the word mighty there is the word geber in the Hebrew. Mighty man. It means valiant man. It means warrior. And we always said of that word, be a geber, not a goober. Yeah. <laughs> Don't be a goober. <laughs> Psalm 89. Let's go. We're, we're going to get started here. I'm, uh, I, got, uh, I got 99 lines and that was line two. <laughs> uh, it says in verse 19 of Psalm 89, this is real powerful. It says, then thou shalt speakest in vision to the Holy One. That doesn't matter. And sayest, that doesn't matter. Here's what matters. I have laid help upon one that is mighty. Put it in first person with me. He has laid help on me because I'm mighty. Say it with me. He has laid help on me because I'm mighty. Oh, you don't feel mighty this morning? Well, we pay no attention to how we feel. We say, what does the word say about us? Well, the word says, you're the head and not the tail, that greater is he that is in you than he is in the world. You shall always triumph by him in Christ Jesus. That's what the word says about you. Sounds mighty. So he has laid help. Well, where is the help? Where is the help? Lord, we need more help. And he has helped us a lot. But... Uh, uh, the Amplified says, giving him the power to help. The valiant man, he's given us the power to help. You realize that helping somebody is not automatic. Just because you sidle in beside somebody doesn't mean you help them. It just takes a little longer to do, get stuff done with some help than it does by yourself. 
It just takes a little longer to get some things done with help than it does by yourself. Then, then SRV, whatever that is, it says, I have set the crown on one who is mighty. The new century says, I have given strength to a warrior. So we always just say, let the weak say I'm strong. Say it with me. I am strong. Say it with me. I am strong. Well, you're the, you're the mighty man, the mighty woman. Not because you feel like it, not because you got a track record, not because you have a reward or a, a plaque or whatever. The word says you're mighty. And just because there's dummies all around you, you can be mighty. And we need you to be. Now, you know, you know, you know that you've got to have a testimony to go forward. You've got to have a story. If you don't have a story, if you don't have something you say, I engaged it, I stayed with it until it was over. If you don't have that story, you have no glory. You have nowhere to go. If you just lived your life being good, clean, didn't hurt nobody, didn't, didn't mess up nothing, you hadn't got a story. I mean, yay, we're glad, but you did that for you. You didn't like being picked up and put in the pokey. You didn't like uh, paying a fine. So you did that for you. But everybody that wants glory has to have a story. So having done all to stand, we just stand there for. So here you are in church on Sunday morning. Our culture right now in America, even in Alabama, it's getting kind of pitiful. People don't go to church. If they go to church, they go to a, a, a mile wide and an inch deep church where they don't ask you to do anything. Don't care if you're there. Don't care if you're not there. Don't care. They don't care. They don't care. But here we care. We know we know we can go home and count you every Sunday. How many were there? Well, Jamie was there. Barbara was there. We know everybody that was there. So you got to be there or you get counted as he wasn't there. So if you don't have a story that having done all the stand that you just stood, think about your life. Did you leave your wife? You didn't. You have a story. Did you, did you kick your kids to the curb and say, I don't care, you're, you're too expensive? You have a story. Did you go to church even when you didn't want to go to church, even when you didn't feel good? Didn't feel good. I've only missed two services in 40 years. And my wife told me one time, you are such a mess. You should have went sick. That's like, so I got, I got no grace there. Hallelujah. She said, what a weenie you are. Just staying home throwing up. You could have been there. So, uh, you know, you got to have a story. Do you have a story this morning? Do you have a trail that somebody can trace back to you and say, I know where they've been and I'm inspired. Imitate, imitate me as I imitate Christ, Paul said. When you're faithful over a few things, and we'll just add that, if you're faithful over a few hard things, because life is challenging. Jesus said you'll have tribulation in this life. So if you've been faithful over it, because everybody can bow and bend, everybody can roll over and say, oh, life is hard. But if you stood strong in the hard times, the Bible says you've been faithful over a few things. And he said that he will make you a geber. He will make you experientially strong and rewarded. So I'm telling you, the little things matter to God. I'm telling you the things that, that people just discount. Well, you're such a ding ding. You go to church when we could be sleeping in or going to the races or going to brunch at uh, Charlie's or whatever. You went to church. 
Well, what'd you get? Well, I just was with the saints and I got encouraged. And what Intangibles, always intangibles. But the Word says you'll be master over glory if you're faithful in your story. You go, well, who knows my story? Could be nobody. Could be that nobody knows you go to church every Sunday. Could be that nobody knows that you, you give. Press down, shaking together, running over, you give. Could be that nobody knows that you wanted to cuss out the driver that turned in front of you, but you didn't. You said, bless him, Lord. Bless him. Yeah. You're going uh, to be master over glory. So when you are faith, when you are, when you endure to the end, doesn't the word say something about blessed is he who endures to the end? It, it ought to be in there. It's in Hezekiah, I'm sure, if it's not anywhere else. And so uh, f- blessed is he who endures to the end. Say, I'm enduring, I'm enduring. To, the to the end. Well, then you are the mighty man. You are the geber. You are the valiant one. And God says, God says about that person, he's laying help on them. He's laying help on you because everybody in here has got 24 and 7 and 365. Nobody's got more. No advantages here. Just like Pastor was telling, we all got the same amount of time, got the same amount of strength. Some people like President Trump that, you know, they got he's got an energizer pack in his body or something. He, he goes. But uh, so you got to ask your question. If he's laying help on me. Where is it? And you got to ask yourself the question is, how do I prosper? I'm a Christian, I'm bringing my tithe, I'm serving, I'm doing everything, but how do I truly prosper? Because it's, even though it's, it's corporate, it's also individual. We don't pass out a sheet every week and say, this is how you're going to prosper and make it all the same. So how, many, how do you be first among many? Because it's dog eat dog out there. Competition's everywhere. Are y'all here? Uh, how do you miss troubles? How do we... You, you, you've, you've heard people say that they were snake bit. Just means if, you know, in Murphy's Law, if anything can go wrong, it will go wrong. That is a lie from the devil unless you are serving the devil. Then it's the truth. But we don't. And so we're asking God to lay help on us. It says in Matthew 22. Let's turn there. You, we're, we're through with Psalms for a second. Matthew 22. I am hurrying every chance I get right now. I don't want your supper to be cold. (laughs) 14, verse 14. We're going to read this one together. I'm in the King James. Do the best you can if you're in something else. Matthew 22, 14. Let's read. Ready, read. For many are called, but few are chosen. Do they all all read English, Pastor? Let's read it again. Ready, read. For many are called, but few are chosen. Now, what does that mean? Well, I'll tell you what it means. It's, it's, a, it's the picture of the world right now. It's even now a picture of a lot of the church that everybody in here is called. That means we're gifted. That means we're uh, at the right place at the right time as far as heaven's guided. God, God's always saying, be there, not here. Be with them, not them. Yeah. Are we in agreement? Holy Ghost is leading us and we hear the voice of our good shepherd. So everybody's called. Everybody's got an assignment. You have a, a race to run and a course to finish. Everybody in here does. We don't know what it is, but the word says that uh, some parts of a body are seemingly more important. The eye and the ear and everything. Little toe, not that much. But he said the little toe is important. And so just be the best little toe you've, anybody's ever seen. 
So he's going he's gonna to equip us to be there and to be, uh, 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 he, we're called. But what do you do to qualify? If you're called, you have to qualify for your calling. In other words, if we tell our son, take the trash out every Tuesday morning and Wednesday it's stinking in the garage, we know that he was called, but he didn't qualify. And we'll come on allowance time on Friday, there's going to be a little, little light in the pocket. It's the same thing with us. Everyone is, everyone has to qualify for your calling. I know uh, I was, uh, I had family that when uh, my, well, uh, how do I say this without saying who it was? Well, there was somebody I knew, a relative, and he didn't want to tithe. He didn't want to tithe, but he would mow the church grass every week. Well, that was noble, and he figured it out, and he said, that, that, that ought to be about the right thing, but he just didn't want to give up his money. He'd work all day, but he didn't want to give up his money. Well, how many of y'all know his heart never got in the things of the kingdom because he did a money change thing, at a, uh, and so it didn't do him any good to mow the grass because God said, bring the tithe in the storehouse. Well, yay. So... Um, we just read in Psalm 89 that God lays help on him who is mighty. God lays help on him who qualifies. Many are called. Everybody's called. But not everybody qualifies in their calling. They're busy. They're raising kids. They're cleaning the church or they're mowing the grass and, and whatever. They're singing on Sunday morning. But that's not, that's not qualifying. I'm going to help you on just a minute. I'm setting this thing up. We've got to get it set up so that I can pull the trigger. Hallelujah. Um, so the word says there that God lays help. The word there is also translated levels or equalizes. So no matter what you're facing, mighty man, mighty woman, whatever you're facing, the Bible says that God lays help or levels you with help to meet the challenge that's coming. Or the word is also equalizes. So whatever you're facing, man, it looks tough out there. But I'm mighty in him. So he equalizes who I am, even though it's just little old me. He equalizes me to face whatever's coming and win. Say, and win. And win. And win. It's not enough to say, I have barely made it through the fight. No, we win. We always win. So, uh, Here's the key. Here's a key, a kingdom key. We like those. Uh, people say God helps him who helps himself. That sounds real noble, but it's not true. God doesn't help those that help themselves. God doesn't help those that need it the most. They're, they're really hurting in the Far East. They, they're poor as, as Job's turkey, I guess. But God's not helping them because he's helping where there's faith, where there's somebody that qualifies according to their calling. If you're in church this morning, and we all are, we're qualifying for our calling. And God cannot leave us out. He cannot just go past and say, well, you're just like everybody. Everybody's the same. We're not all the same. We qualify for our calling. And it makes a difference. So when you go to music practice or when you uh, get curriculum ready for little toddlers back there in children's church or when you come up here and sweep the church... You are qualifying, and God says that he will lay help on you. He will equalize your life that no matter what you face, what's coming, he's got plenty more. This is good news. 
And we like it. Hallelujah. So the mighty man, like I just said, the mighty man believes this. This is his hallmark belief. I am bought with a price. I am not my own. Because when we're our own, we do what we want to. And the world, you go, what's that mean? Just look at the world. They're doing it. And we're all tempted to do it. We're all tempted to pull off. And eventually over years, the standard for church or the things of the spirit degrades until we're, we're looking good. But it's not that we're looking good. Everybody else just went down. I'm, I'm telling the truth this morning. So we have to keep the standard according to the word of God. Amen. Look in Ephesians chapter four. I'm still going somewhere. I hadn't got there yet, but I'm going. <laughs> oh, Chapter four. I want to ask you the question. Why has Grace Life Church been raised up? What is going on here? Are we singing some songs because God wants to hear the music? I don't think so. He's got angels to doodle doodle doing it all the time. He doesn't need us. And uh, a lot of churches sing unbelief songs. And so he's not impressed with that. Why is Grace Life Church raised up? Why are you here this morning? It's a valid question to say, why in thunder am I here today? To hear somebody talk, to hear somebody sing off key? I hope not. To, I, I'm there to run the nursery. Why are you here? Because if you don't know, you won't be here next year. You will lose interest. You'll be lukewarm. You'll be tepid. You'll be uninterested. You'll be dutiful. I'm there because God wants me to be there. That's not good enough. You got to know why God wants you here, because if he doesn't have a good reason, let's do an adjustment. Yeah. Ephesians 4:11. Why are we here? It says in verse 11, and he, Jesus, he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers why? 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 Because that's what we're here to hear. We're here to hear doctrine. We're here to be encouraged. We're here to get answers that, to problems we don't even know we have. Don't y'all like the Lord that fixes stuff before it shows up? Hallelujah. He said, for the perfecting of the saints, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That's why you're here is you and I need perfecting. We need maturing. Like I said a while ago, you can be a Christian and not go to church, but you can't be a strong Christian because this is where the saints are perfected. We're built up. You would, many of you would be in the gutter near death, drunk or smoked out or, or condemned or whatever if you hadn't been going to church. Now, we don't always show that other video, the what you would have been if you hadn't been in church. We just show you the video of, well, I was in church and it wasn't too exciting, it was, but it was okay. But if you hadn't had this pretty not exciting and it was OK, you would be somewhere that you can't bear and you might not even be born again. And you might not have ever run your race and finished your course. I need a better amen for that because that's the truth. You got to know why am I here? Because I need to be perfected. I'm qualifying. I'm qualifying for help. Lord, I can't do it by myself. I, I, I do the best I can, but really I got to mow my grass like my neighbor and I got to pay my bills. And I, all the stuff I'm doing is what everybody's doing. And it takes, listen, for those people, listen, listen, it takes all their life to live their life. At the end of the day, the week, the month and the year, they look at it and say, whew, that was a busy one. And you look back and say, what did we get done? Took all of your life to live your life. 
You just maintained. You just held your place. It's not good enough. You may think it's okay, but you'll have to compare yourself to a bunch of people that don't care, don't know God or don't care about God. It's the only way you can get higher than anybody. But if you get his standard up there, you'll go, I can't, I can't live my life just living my life. Taking all of my life to live my life. I can't do that anymore. So the Amplified on this verse 11 says, His intention was the per perfection, excuse me, the perfecting and the full equipping of the saints that they should do the work of ministering. Who's going to do the work of ministering? We are. Well, how do you do that? You go to church and get perfected, matured. You get equipped. You get equalized. You get help laid on you so that when you meet a, a kinfolk that doesn't know Jesus, you know what to do and you fish them out of hell. Or that's sick and you fish them out of chemo or whatever. Or that's broke and you fish them out of a life of poverty. And you go, well, is that what is that what my life's for? Well, if it's not, we ought to just go to heaven because heaven's way good. And there's nothing. There's no downside to going to heaven. Except you won't run your race and finish your course if you go there. We'll, we'll say, hallelujah, they went. We're so glad they're there. Celebrate you. But they didn't run their race. They didn't finish the course. It's just like a man receiving Jesus on his deathbed. He went there, but nothing followed him. Is that right? It'd be the same as if we all just loaded up and went to heaven. Uh, so we're not looking for worldly strategies. We're not looking for a church growth program. Smoke machines and lights and, you know, the, the drama team and the ballet team and, and the flag team and the banner team. And, the, you know, oh, that was good. Did you see act three of the play this morning? Yeah, that was real good. We're not here to, for, for entertainment. No entertainment. If you came for entertainment, there are a hundred churches that you can drive to and they will mesmerize you. <laughs> Yeah, you won't have to go to another rock concert because you went to church. You went to church. Bless the Lord. There's no natural schemes. There's no unholy relationships that can qualify you. You have to put the word in and get direction and get matured. So, you know, I was, I was 30 years old. I was in my 30s for about 10 years. And I was pastoring all of them. And I, did, I was green as grass. Maybe greener than grass. But I was the pastor and I was equipping the saints. The only thing that saved me is I still always knew more than they did. So I'd load up, bring it to them, unload it. Then all of a sudden for that day, they knew everything I knew. But I'd go back and reload and come back the next Sunday. And that's how I got. But now I know some things. Now pastor knows some things. But you didn't know anything either when you were in your 30s. And if you don't pick it up, we're going to say that to you. Well, never mind about that. <laughs> so here's the question. Why? Where is the help? Where is the help that God's laying on the mighty? Well, there's two things that we could say why it's AWOL. It's not here. Number one, we'd have to say God's withholding. He's ticked. He's mad. He sent you stuff. Holy Ghost. He sent you finances. He sent you friends. He sent you stuff and you just you just poo pooed it off and said, I don't need that. I don't need God. And God's mad at me and he's withholding. That's not right. All that might be true, but it's not right. He's not withholding. He likes you. 
When everybody around you doesn't like you, God likes you. When you're faithless, he's faithful. All the time. So we have to say, if there's no help on me, it's because God's withholding. But that's not true. So why else would there not be help being laid on me and on you? It must be that I'm not qualifying for the calling that's on my life. Me and Nathan don't have the same call. Me and Jamie don't have the same call. Generally we do, but we carry it out just like you do at your family and at your home. So uh, it must be that I am hindering the help. God wants to help me. He wants to lay help on me. He wants to equalize. He wants to level, but I'm hindering it. Did you know? Now, did you know this? That God's a better giver than we are receivers. Could it be that you sent a present to somebody and they didn't, they didn't appreciate it? They, didn't, they, they even may have re-gifted it or took it back or, or propped up a bookshelf with it or something like that. They, yeah, but yet it was a wonderful gift, but they didn't ever... Could we be doing that with the things God sends to us? Could he be a better God than we are saying that he is? Could we be not qualifying for what God has sent? No doubt. If you have a six-year-old son, if you, where's, where's Carter? Well, Carter's in another place at another time. But we don't, give, we don't give Carter Lawrence, we don't give him a shotgun. No, we don't even give him a bunch of other stuff that's way before a shotgun. We, no. We wouldn't even give some of y'all a shotgun. <laughs> But we see it clearly that why God can't give us some stuff is because we can't handle it. So he's being a good God. He just doesn't give you stuff you can't handle. And that's out of timing. That's out of need. You, he's waiting on you and I to be able to grow up and receive some things so he can give you some things to do the calling. Many are called, but few are chosen. Why are they not chosen? Because they didn't qualify. Why did they not get the shotgun? Because they couldn't handle the shotgun. I want to handle a shotgun. Maybe it's a 410, but maybe, you know, maybe, maybe a 12 gauge, but whatever. So what if, what if you couldn't receive your qualifying until everybody around you was qualified? What if the Lord said you can't have anything until everybody in your circle has everything? Well, we'd change some things. We'd say, we, we would knock some people out of line. You, get out of this line. You don't, you, you, you don't belong in this line. And we would start uh, treating people better. Hey, let's pick it up here. Let's, uh, let you, you're too sick? Let me pray for you because I got to get you up in the front of the line so I can get up in the front of the line. What if it was that way? Well, maybe it is. Because he's given apostles and prophets and all those people for the equipping of the saints for the ministry of the body of Christ, for the edifying of the body of Christ. You and I are ministers, but we're different kind of ministers. Not much different, but just a little different. Pastor's a little different. Well, he's a lot different, actually. <laughs> Y'all been around him much? He's different. <laughs> Hallelujah. But you would only, if, if everybody around you uh, had to get qualified before you could, you would invest in ground different than you might now. You wouldn't invest in somebody that wasn't going to make it. You'd send them to the back of the line and say, you, you're, you're a slug. You're not doing. You're, you're holding stuff up. Go to the back of the line. You would start finding you some good ground. Yeah. 
and getting them pushed along. Let me invest in you. Let me encourage you. Let me let me pray for you. Let me let me be part of your life so that we can all get in together because that's how it's working. We all go in together and you, you can't get in without helping somebody. Uh, Zig Ziglar used to say the way up is down. He would be great in the kingdom, would be the servant of all. You, you, you can't get anywhere without helping somebody go with you. Well, that'd be a mouthful for a church. You can't go anywhere unless you bring somebody with you. It's called the Lone Ranger Syndrome. You got to be tanto. You got to go with them. Hallelujah. So you'd only in, invest in the ground that you could qualify, that, that you could help. And so here's the rule. God only funds and empowers and helps projects or races that he starts. Now, you can, you can start you a soup kitchen. You can start you a, 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 a ministry to Africa and do good things. Matter of fact, you can look out there and you can be swamped by good things fast. There's so many good things that need to be done because there's so many needy people. But God only is obligated to finish and to fund what he starts. What he starts. So a good idea might not be a God idea. Meeting a need might not be God's plan for you. He may have had somebody already lined up for that. And here you are getting in front of them and knocking them out, confusing them because you're where you're not supposed to be. And then they can't be where they're supposed to be. You go, well, that takes a little organization. He's the one. He's the administrator of the church. So I got to be in my place. I was a farmer. And I want to tell you, there, there's never been a happier farmer than I was. I loved farming. I loved it. I just loved it. But the moment he called me, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit on January 1st, 1980. From that moment forth, I had no interest in farming. I left it. Broke my dad's heart. I was the firstborn. Broke his heart that uh, I wasn't going to be father and son, Billings Farms. But I left it and because uh, I had to get in my place. you got to get in your place. You go, well, it's hard. Well, it's only hard because we've been out of our place so long, it's hard to find our way back to our place. But if you surrender, I'm bought with a price and I'm not my own, suddenly it'll appear, it'll come in. He'll lay help on you who is mighty. It takes someone mighty to say, I've been messing up. I've been doing stuff that God didn't call me to do, and I haven't been doing stuff that he's called me to do because I've been distracted. I've been broke from doing this stuff. God's not blessing this over here. He's not helping with this over here. And, and Lord, I'm frustrated over here. That's because he's not obligated to finish what he didn't start. So I got to find out what he starts. What are you saying to me, Lord, about me? Because I'm individual. I'm a, uh, I'm, a, I'm a specific and unique person. You are too. What is my calling so I can qualify for my calling? Well, there's some obvious things. One of them is just come to church. You go, that's too simple. That's the point. It's simple. It's easy. But it takes everything you got. I'm bought with a price. I'm bought with a price. I'm bought with a price. Until you get that in you, you weren't bought with a price. You bought you with a price. My hard work, my care for people, my good works, my kindness, it matters none. You can go to hell and be more Christian than Christians. You know what I'm saying when I say be more Christian? 
kinder, nicer, more ethical, more moral. Y'all know there's some rough Christians out there. Y'all know there's some folks out there that are going to heaven that are just screwy. They're bad people. And you go, well, they're not going to heaven. Sure they are. If you're born again, you're going to heaven. It's not what you do. It's what you do with Jesus that determines whether you go to heaven or not. Not what you do, what you do with Jesus. But if you don't do something with what you've got in your life, you're going to get nothing when you go to heaven reward wise. You'll go, but you'll be back in kindergarten. Back there, three miles, go to the back, sit at the back of the class. You'd invest in good ground. Even Jesus talked about three grounds that wasted the seed in Mark chapter 4. Y'all remember that? And in verse 20, he said, the good ground is that that hears the word and receives it and brings forth fruit. How much? 30, 60, ah, a hundredfold. So there was three grounds that were not good for the seed. Jesus said, don't invest in those. So you got it. Four kinds of grounds in your life, potential things to invest in, including yourself, and three of them are no good. 75% of all ground, people, things, opportunities, are not good for you. Might be good for somebody else. I said one time that a little lady, you know, was believing God for a daycare. And I said, Lord, don't, don't, don't answer her prayer for me. <laughs> I don't want no daycare. <laughs> Don't get those mixed up, Lord. Why isn't God laying more help on us? I want to know. Don't you want to know? Don't we need help? You go, well, I'm getting along. Well, it's taken all your life to live your life. But if you are going to do what you're qualified for, what you're called to do, you need help. If you're going to the nations or if you're just going to uh, start a neighborhood Bible class, you need help. You can't do it on your own. You and I are not that good. Get along is just get along. It's not get it done. And we need help. I need help. You need help. We need help. We need financial help. Well, you're getting along with your American finances. Yeah. It's not that good. Everybody in here could say, we need a little help financially. It doesn't matter. We could compare you to the poorest guy in the East Asia uh, plateau and say, oh, we're blessed. But you'd still say, I need help. I'm, I'm preaching real good now. I, I feel it coming on me. Hallelujah. So we need help. And so we have to ask ourselves, why isn't God putting more help on us? And it's because either he's withholding, he's not, or I am hindering the help. I'm not qualifying. In other words, there's no place to put the help in my life because I've closed it all off. I'm self-sufficient. I'm a self-made man. I'm, a, I'm smart and I've got I'm this, I'm somebody. No. You may good, do good enough for America, but you didn't do good enough for heaven unless you get God's help. Nobody can do it without God's help. Doesn't matter how much money you're making. It doesn't matter how many people are looking to you. You need God's help. So I'm gonna, I went through, and I've done this before, but I want to talk about maybe 10 things that you and I could sharpen up to get help on us. I need help. Say, I need help. Amen. Well, then you'll listen to the next few things I'm going to share with you, and you'll say, there's a revelation key in one of these things for me. For me. Say, say it with me. For me. I'm not preaching to your neighbor. 
Honey, get this. He's talking to you. We're not talking to him. We're talking to you by the Holy Ghost. First thing is you can't help anybody that believes they don't have a need. You ever tried to? Pride or you'll try to say, I need to help you. I had a man one time that uh, uh, his wife came to me and said, do you have any tape sets on humility? And it wasn't for her. Well, the very thing that she wanted the tapes for humility, her husband, you couldn't give him a tape on humility because <laughs> he was proud. <laughs> He's too proud to do that. First uh, Peter 5, 5 says God resisted the proud and gives grace to the humble. So you can't help somebody. You can't be helped. Be helped. You can't be helped if you don't think, bless God, I don't have no needs. I don't need heaven. I don't need Holy Ghost. I don't need... If you got that in any area, you need help, but it, it's not coming. Amen. Is the cavalry coming over the hill? Cavalry, excuse me. Is the cavalry coming over the hill? Nope. Nobody's coming because you don't need help. Number two, you can't help anybody that believes somebody is their problem. Sometimes it's you that they think. But if there's a somebody in somebody's life, they go, well, I'd have a good life. But my boss cheated me out of promotion or even in the Christian sense, God told somebody to give me money and they wouldn't do it. And therefore, my life is this or my kids don't respect me or my parents are. If there's a somebody in your life that is the problem, then you can't get help. Am I doing OK, Pastor? OK. Uh, Romans 2.1, uh, this is in the message. Let me just read it to you because we're in a hurry. Every time you criticize someone, you condemn yourself. Look it up. It's in the Bible. Every time you criticize someone, you condemn yourself. Uh, yay. Don't do it. People are not your problem. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. The Bible says it's not people are not your problem. Well, yeah, they are. No, you're the problem. Because people are always the same. Number three, you cannot help anyone, oh my, that expects a different outcome than you do. God can't help you and me if we're expecting a different outcome than he is. Well, what's he expecting? Here it is. 990 pages in my book. That's his outcome that he expects. But if you, if you want God to do things that's not in his word... If you have expectations for people that's not in his word, he can't send you help. You're helpless. You go, well, I don't care. I'll just get along. You sure will. And you'll bust heaven right wide open and you'll, you'll show up. And Jesus will say, I'm so glad you're here, son. Been waiting on you. Now go back to that kindergarten class because there's no place up here in the front for you. Y'all know in the millennial reign we're going to rule based on what we did here. I knew y'all knew that. Hallelujah. Uh, remember the rich young ruler? He, he had a different expectation than Jesus. He said, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus says, well, if you'll sell all you have, give to the poor, take up the cross and follow me. And the Bible says that man went away sad because it wasn't what he was expecting. He was expecting Jesus to say, oh, you're a shiny star. We'll put you on the first council. We'll put you in charge of everything. He said, ah, you can't be in this kingdom. So how many times have we shoved help off from the Lord? We were mighty, but we didn't qualify for it because we had an attitude. 
We just said, I don't need nobody's help. Or I don't like the way he's helping me. He sent so-and-so in there to help me. And I wouldn't take their old money. Have them come see me. <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> oh, this is good. You can't help anyone who refuses God's wisdom. Now, you can go to counseling and you can fix people up secularly and, and uh, worldly. But if you want to get them out of the woods, you're going to have to tell them what God's word says. And sometimes that's a tough old onion to bite. Can't help anybody who refuses God's wisdom. That just says, I don't want to do that. You go, you bring people to counseling and you say, this is what's got to happen. I knew somebody that uh, went to counseling with their wife and and every single time it's reported that he pointed to her and says, I don't have that problem. She does. I don't have that problem. She does. That was real good, too. It says in First uh, Peter 2, 24, by his stripes, you were healed. I know God helps doctors. I know God gives them wisdom. I know God helps in the we've prayed all that stuff, but we pray that stuff. For people that can't get their head wrapped around, God wants me healed, delivered from this trouble. So we, we just break it down until they can, they can hold it, they can handle it. But that's the only answer from the word. He wants you healed. He wants you prosperous. Well, God's called me to a special ministry of poverty and lack. Well, you're, you're fulfilling it just fine. It, it's looking good on you. But that's not what he's called. Amen. Number five, you can't help anyone. You can't help yourself, but you can't help anyone that you that won't make that wants you to make a bigger investment in their life than they're willing to make. Now, this is talking about your children. This is talking about your business. They want you to clean it up and get it going, but they uh, but they don't want you to expect more of them than what you're giving. I said that wrong. I said that a little backwards. They want you to do the doing. That's what I'm trying to say. If you mess with the poor, mess, it's not a good word. If you minister to the poor, they want you to do the doing. Bring me this and take me there. Well, did you walk yesterday that one and a half blocks? No, I was waiting on you. Well, did you get a job? No, I turned it down because I had you. You can't help people like that. Have you tried? Have you ever tried to, be, to help people that wanted you to do the doing? God can't help them. You can't help them. And you can't be helped if you're one of those. Now, that's where the rubber meets the road. You got, you got to dig in. You got to get in the word. You got to, and God's going to chasten you. He says he chastens his sons who he loves. Chastens mean he's going to instruct. He's going to teach. He's going to change your mind. You go, I don't want my mind changed. Well, then just hit the road, Jack. Because we, we, we are not trying, we're trying to get everybody in front of us qualified and you're in the way. You go, that's mean. Jesus wouldn't do that. Jesus only ministered to people that were qualified. He passed that man at the gate beautiful a thousand times, a hundred times, 50, whatever you can bear, a bunch. The man wasn't qualified. The man had a mindset that says, it's, I need alms. One day he changed his mind and Peter and John came through. He had somehow he had changed his, he qualified. And he said, look on us. And he said, uh, he looked, looked up there expecting something. 
expecting something. That's what the difference is. Now, what are you and I expecting? We got to know what we're expecting. I'm waiting for brother uh, Uncle Jack to die so I can get all his money and I, I'll have a good life. He's probably going to leave it to the hall to your sister. <laughs> oh, my. Okay, can't help anybody that refuses ta to take time to make change happen. That won't take time. In other words, we're in the instant society. They want it instantly. Pastor, I need you to tell me what to do, and I need to do it today, and I need it done by tomorrow. How many of you all know change takes time? It took time to get you where you are. It's going to take time to get you out. Now, there are miracles. Thank God there's miracles. But even 85% of people that are televangelists, 85% of the people that get supernaturally healed, doctor says they had a this and now they don't. They had a that and they, now they don't. Even 85% of them, because they don't go and fill themselves up with the word, everything comes back on them. Did you hear me say six out of seven or seven out of eight, whatever it is? It's, it's not, you, you don't hear that story. Well, it's not the evangelist's fault. He dispensed the power of God. He released the, the will of God. But the person wouldn't stay qualified. They wanted to keep going to the races. They wanted to keep doing what they were doing and not change anything based on now being healed. Wouldn't go to church. Wouldn't read the Bible. Wouldn't pray. Wouldn't, 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 wouldn't. So you can't help somebody that that won't take the necessary time, including me. God can't help me if I won't take the time. Take the time to change. Well, how many times do we have to come to church to get this change? It's called forever. Yeah, a long time. You go, well, when am I going to get caught up? Never. He's going to be taking us from faith to faith and glory to glory. Amen. So, and you go, well, I don't like church that much. Well, if you'll come a while with the expectation, I got, I'm on, I'm on life support. I didn't even know it, but I'm on life support. I am so far from being doing the will of God. I'm so far from, from being what he called me to do. I'm going to have no reward in heaven. I'm on life support. I'll be there every service. Pastor, could we have church on Tuesdays? Once you, once it hits you, I'm bought with a price. I'm not my own. I'm his. I'm his. I'm all his. Everybody in here has got a little bit of I'm my own. Because we make independent decisions and investments in people and we refuse to get rid of people that that uh, that won't do us right. We, we just keep saying, ah, it's OK when it's not OK. I'm getting I'm getting I got to get going here. Uh, that's number seven. You cannot help anybody who who refuses to separate themselves from people who destroy. And this could be kinfolks. They, they, they have destruction in their, their mode of operation. And they will destroy you if you keep going with them. The Bible says in uh, Proverbs 13, 20, it says, Be with wise men and become wise. You, you want to know what the next part says? Be with evil men and become evil. You go, that, that wouldn't happen to me. Right there, we can't help you. We can't help you. If you're one of those, we can't help you. Because that's what the word says. And it's absolutely true. I, I can tell you, I've, I've road tested that. If you don't cut off evil people, bad people, you say, well, I want to win them. Well, you're going to have to walk on the water to win them. 
You can't do you can't do what they want to do and say, well, I'm winning them. You can't go in the bar and drink with them and say, but I'm winning them. You can't smoke it with them. You can't. You know, you know what it is. Uh, number eight, you can't help. Ah, I like this one. And this is you and me. We cannot help anybody that's not dissatisfied with their present life. And if you are not dissatisfied with your present life, let me tell you, God can't help you. He's not laying help on you. He's not equalizing. He's not leveling your life. If you are not dissatisfied with your present life, it doesn't mean that you're angry. It just means you have it in you. There's more. There's more. I got a lot. It's been good. I've had a great time in the Lord, but there's more. A lot of people are like, I've got enough. No, you don't. You're deceived. You don't have enough. You have enough to get by that it takes all of your life to live your life, but you don't have enough concerning the call of God on your life. What if you're called to be a prophet to the nations and you just barely go to church? You might, you might not be qualified. I know y'all look at me like, he is off of it. When, tell pastor never again. Well, yay. You got to be dissatisfied. You cannot get content with your present life. Good enough's good enough. It is for this world. And if we compare you to the heathen, you are absolutely right. You're all about it. But that's not who we're comparing it. Many are called. Few are chosen. Few are qualified to be chosen. Number nine, you can't help anyone, including yourself, that cannot let go of their past. Y'all ever watch the TV shows where the, the, the newsreels and they, somebody lost their life in a fire or an accident or something and they interview mama and she'll just say, this, this is classic. I'll never get over this. That's what they say. We'll go to the grave without little Johnny. Well, man, we hate it that little Johnny didn't make it. We hate it that your dog didn't get out of the fire. We, we hate it that your, that your television program got canceled. <laughs> whatever's, whatever's you're never going to get over. But you're wrong. We will get over it because we're filled with Jesus. Come on, We've got the eternal hope inside of us. Our day is not based on what happened today. It's based on what he did for us and the calling of God on us. So... I, I'm not only am I dissatisfied with my life, even though, you know, you may say I've done a lot and I could say I've done some things, yet I get over my past all the time. Because if you don't get over your past, you're exalting the soul. You're saying my memory is more valid than my present and my future. The thing I once got from God that blessed me got taken away or, or maimed. And so I'm blaming God. That's one thing that happens. He took my baby. He took my brother. He took my life or whatever. And we blame God. That's a wrong move, y'all. God's doing everything every day. Now, he doesn't get up every day, but we do. He's doing everything all day long to put good in your life. It is the goodness of God that leads you to change. So God is, he's like that Yellowwood commercial where they press the, the stuff into the, the pine, you know, and make it where, well, he's pressing goodness into you and I every day, every day, everything he's doing. He's trying to wind around your, yours and my traditions, our hurts, our soul problems. He's trying to maneuver around that and poke good into you and I every single day. 
You go, well, God doesn't care. No, you're just not giving him much to work with. He does care and he's taken every opportunity he has. That's why it's so good for you as it is. But there's more. The Lord has more. Uh, Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from my past, from what happened, from the law of sin and death. Law of sin and death is the man who sins shall surely die. So, yeah, we all messed up, but we got a tomorrow to live. Yay. You can't help anybody that refuses to use their own seed to invest in their future. I know a bunch of those people, including me. Just lazy. Just I'm, sometimes I'm just flat. You know, you could do more. Do you all know we could do more? And it's not wrong to rest and it's not wrong to take the Sabbath. It's not wrong to to collect yourself and go on this that, and there. But we're talking about every day, all day. Just not willing to take what we have for our future. People won't give. It's like, I'm not giving. They got more than me. I, I had a car one time. I have a house right now that's nicer than some of the people's in my church's cars or house. But I have no, I have no guilt. I have no shame. I've been serving him. He's blessed me. He could have blessed me more if I'd have served him right, but I was mixed up and, and had some. I'm just now, I'm like you. We're all working this thing out. Amen. The Bible says, work out your salvation, your own salvation. I'm working mine out. Amen. And if I'd have did in 40 years ago what I'm doing now, I'd have had more blessings and less heartache and more things to get over. But I did the best I could, basically, and I'm still just doing that. Are you? You've got to use what God's given you. And invest it. I told Pastor the other day, I said, I would like it, if there's a way to do it, to leave the earth with a dollar ninety-nine left in my bank account. I mean, I want every seed of it, every dollar of it. I want it in the kingdom. Because that's what he's going to say, well done to. He's not going to say, boy, you were a hot dog down there. You really put some stuff together. I'm proud of what you, what you put together. But now you're here and there's none of that here. <laughs> he's, he's highly unimpressed with our accumulation. But he is highly impressed with our investing, our sowing, our release of what we have. He gave it to us. I'm bought with a price. He gave it to me to manage, to administrate. How cool it would have been if somebody in your life before you got blessed said, you know, I'm going to invest in Matt's life. I'm just going to invest. And they'd look at him and say, ah, that's a scoundrel. That's a dirty dog. That's a rat. I'm not investing in him. But no, they just saw you by faith and said, I'm going to invest in his future. Or Jamie's or pastors or mine, anybody. I'm not talking about Matt. Well, maybe a little bit. <laughs> Wouldn't that have been grand if somebody had invested you in you? Matter of fact, that's what we do at wedding and baby showers. The new wife gets all this stuff. It's a haul. But she's expected to pay it all back over her lifetime by going to wedding showers and baby showers. Yeah. And we, we really appreciate the start that we get when we're new married and new baby. Somebody comes in and just lays it on us. Well, all our life, we're supposed to be laying it on somebody else. 
If you got anything, if you got any encouragement in you, if you got any access in you, if you've got any money in you, you ought to ask God, where do you want your money? It'll surprise you. You'd say, oh, he'll take it all. He will never take it all because you're number one on his mind. He'll leave you plenty. We have a saying that we say at River Church, there's plenty more where that came from. It didn't come by my smart. It didn't come by my ingenuity or my scheming. It came from the Lord. So if I spend it or sow it or give it, there's plenty more where that came from. God hadn't given you his best and he certainly hadn't given you his last. He's just getting revved up. I'm telling you, we've got to change our mind. You've got to change your mind. You've got to change your mind. Well, what will God do? Nothing. If you don't change your mind, he won't do anything because he can't do it if you don't let him. He wants you to qualify so he can lay help on you. Lay help on. Say, lay help on me. Come on, better. Lay help on me. Well, he wants to. And I tell you, he's doing everything from heaven's side to do it every day. Everything you and I will allow him. Everything, every little crack and crevice that we'll open and say, this is, this, you can get in. You know, a one-inch square screen door on the submarine will send that puppy to the bottom. One-inch square inch on a submarine will send it to the bottom. Y'all act like you don't really get that yet. <laughs> so it doesn't take much. Well, you know, the Lord Jesus, he's the ground inspector. He's also the fruit inspector. He said, ah, cut it down, burn it down if it doesn't do it. You and I need to get so qualified in the Lord Jesus that we're, we're the envy of other people. Well, gosh, Kristen gets it all. God's always putting something in her path and promotions all over. And she gets blessed with this and that comes over there. What about me, Lord? He'll tell you, let's pick it up a little. He might tell you, pick it up a lot. But he'll tell you to pick it up. Turn your focus to the things of the kingdom. There's plenty of life to live. I'm telling you, I love Jesus with all my heart. And I'm having the best time of my life I've ever had. I'm serving him more than I ever had. I've, I've given more this last year than I've ever given. I've, I've pressed myself more than I've ever pressed. And I am so blessed. Money comes to me almost every week. I'm not talking about $1.99. I'm talking about money. And I'm not asking anybody. And actually, it was when I really needed it, it was 10 years ago where you were paying the visa bill on the day it was due and telephoning it in. Is it too late? Well, you got 13 minutes. <laughs> That's how I've lived. And now I got generous. Now I got where I'm released. It's like, I don't care about me. I'm blessed as I can be. And he said, there's plenty more where that came from. Amen. There's plenty more, y'all. So, well, what's God waiting on? He wants to lay help on you. Let him. Let him, let him, let him. Open the door to the Holy Ghost. So any one of these few things I've mentioned, there was revelation in one of them. You may say, ah, you missed me. No, I didn't. Nailed you. So go home and say, I'm going to work on that because it's hindering help being laid on me. It's 
Father, I thank you this morning. Holy Spirit is going to take his words, his words spoken into our hearts. Not what Michael said, but what he's saying, how you are ministering your word to us because you love us so much. And even, even, even though we're older than we've ever been, it's not too late. It's not too late. Lord, you, you want us, you want to surprise us with your goodness. Your goodness. Why, gosh, Lord, what do I do to deserve that? Well, you let him in. You just let him. You just said yes to him. You just said, I'll try that. I'll road test that. I'll let him uh, see what he wants to do with me. Could be more than I thought. Lord, we are impressed with your track record. You've never failed. You've never fallen short. You've never missed a promise. We are truly impressed. And we, we let you have it, Lord. We are bought with a price. I am bought with a price. All over this house, I am bought with a price. I am not my own. All over this house, I am bought with a price. I am not my own. Amen. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, it's three after 12. You know what that means. Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Because <laughs> I'm leaving this afternoon and... I'm leaving it with him. So it's like he'll get up and explain. Well, I told him 1130, but it didn't happen. <laughs> Amen. I love you all so much. You don't really know how God can work in somebody's life like he has with me and Pastor and Miss Michelle. It's supernatural. You can't, you can't dial this up. You can't work this up. You, you know, it's whatever. But this church is really precious to me. We, not, not because of y'all, but of the pastors, but because of the pastors, Y'all are precious to us. I, I know, except for Nathan, I knew everybody's name this morning. <laughs> and it came to me, it came to me, but I always have, you know, sometimes you just can't remember. I love that man, praise God. Uh, Y'all didn't mind if I wore my navy coat with my black? <laughs> yeah, I'm a, I'm a trendsetter. <laughs> I'm a trendsetter. Yeah. Jamie thought it was like, prophesy, man. That thing is ace of spades right there. <laughs> Amen. What do you need this morning? I'm telling you, God knows. God knows what you need. God knows what you really want, but you go, I don't dare ask him for that because that's way over. That's over my pay grade. That's over my qualification. But you'd be wrong. Because the blood of Jesus has cleansed you from all unrighteousness. And you are just like Jesus in front of God. He cannot look at you based on what you did. He looks at you and me based on what Jesus did. And he's well pleased with the, with the son. So this morning, you need, to, you need to give God some exceeding abundantly above all you can ask or think. Y'all need to jack up the ask or think. You need to jack it up so God has to stretch. Oh, he doesn't stretch. It's already in there. Amen. Amen. Big change coming to you, Michelle. Big change coming in your life. Big change. That's what I hear. Big change. You're going to like it. You're going to like it. You're, gonna, you're going to see things you've not seen so you can have things you've not had and do things you've not done. 
And it's not going to be anybody. It's not going to be any change of life. It's not going to be Uncle Jack saying, here you are. It's going to be you. As you open your heart, I'm telling you, the Lord's got good for you. He's, I tell you, the Lord's an, he's a businessman. And when he invests on, in us, he wants something back on the return end. And he's invested in you, girl. And he, he's expecting, but he's willing to help you. It'll exceed what you can even ask or think. Amen. What's your name, sir? I don't know you. Yeah, you. The one with the halo and the shiny garments and everything. Jeffrey. Is he a good man? He's a good man. Hallelujah. You know, you can prophesy to anybody. It's all over. You know, just like you can tune a radio, you say, well, the oldies are on 99.9 or whatever they are. So you, you don't have to go through every channel. You just go to 99.9 and there's the oldies. Well, you can look at anybody in here. If you'll just turn your tuner on and you can, you can just listen and it'll... You can all prophesy to somebody. We call it calling out the gold. Just call out the gold. Just say, last Sunday we, we had that. We said, let's call out the gold. And I mean, they popped up like popcorn. And it was so edifying. Jeffrey, Jeffrey, the Lord has made a way for you where there seemed to be no way. And he's got you, you may think, I don't know, as a sergeant or a first lieutenant or whatever. But he sees you as captain over many. Hallelujah. So I'm going to ask you, is your ready? Ready. Are you ready to go for God or is anything in the way? Doesn't mean we have to, can't do anything else, but God wants you ready to be ready because he's going to call on you in a moment and he's, in, he's going to expect you to have already gotten that wrestling done, that, that what about me, Lord, and what, how can I do it? He expects you to have that already done and for you to be like the mother of Jesus and say, be it done unto me according to your word. That's what's coming. I don't know daytime or nighttime. It could be in the shower. You know, the Lord, he really speaks in the shower. I don't know if y'all, is that a secret here? Is that a, that's revelation. You're, you're doing the scrub-a-dub-dub and God's saying, I got him distracted. He's not thinking on any problems or world conquests. Here it comes. You ought to go to the shower. Some of y'all need to go to the shower almost every day. <laughs> Amen. Sir, what's your name? Jerry? Drew. Jerry. Okay. You're a good man. God thinks you're a good man. And I'll tell you, I hear this. It's way not too late. You can, you can get it done just by saying yes. I know that seems like a strange word, but I'm telling you, it's the Lord. You can get it done. And there's some secret things inside of you. Oh, you, you, you want. You're like me. You wish that you'd done better things earlier so you'd be whatever now. But I'm telling you, the Lord says it's not too late. If you'll say yes, and I don't even know what that means. He's already said yes. And you'll come into agreement with him and your life will come on fire. On fire. On fire. You'll be a fireball. They'll say, ah, here comes Jerry. Everybody go to the corner. <laughs> You're a good man, the Lord said. I don't know who he says good man to, but he says it about Jerry. Amen. Amen. Well, now it's nine after. Let's just look one time, make sure we got everybody.
Amen.